All right, welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. We're glad you're watching online as we start a really, really important and a great journey that I am glad you're here to start with us this morning, whether here online. Uh, we are starting a journey this morning called Draw the Circle. 40 Days of Prayer starts today. Uh, if you haven't grabbed a book, there is one in the back. We invite everybody to grab one and follow along. Uh, questions will go out every day, and we encourage you to follow along with this. And why is this important? Well, let me tell you where this whole idea came from, from the original person who put this together. And here was a quote that he found from an individual who's an evangelist. He said, find a piece of chalk, because somebody was asking about revival. Somebody was asking about, I want God to work in my life, so what do I do about that? And he says, find a piece of chalk, find an empty room, go in that room and shut the door, draw a circle on the floor with that chalk, and kneel down in that circle. And ask God to start revival right there. I love that quote. Because it's not, God, you need to fix that person, please. Could you just fix them? If you would fix them and you would revive them, that would be great. Okay? We, we pray a lot of generic prayers about God, do something there, do something here. But this is all about God, do something here. This is why this is so important. Because we need to start here. And we need to ask God to revive this. We need to ask God to start here with us. And that's the whole point of doing this. We want to connect with God. We want God to start here at work in us. And that's what this whole journey is about. And I'm so glad you are a part of it and are going to join us for this. This is a 40-day journey. 40 days. Now, why 40? Right? That's just a magic number somebody came up with. I want you to see 40 in Scripture for a moment, and then I'm actually going to give you a quote from a Jewish rabbi on why the Jewish world thinks 40 is kind of this important number that we find over and over again in Scripture. Because it just keeps appearing. If you've just been reading, you just keep running into 40 days. And you're like, wow, why do I keep running into 40 days? Why isn't it 30? Why isn't it 20? Why isn't it 60? Why is it always 40 that I kind of keep bumping into constantly in Scripture? Let me give you some, uh, some highlights. So do you know that 40 days and 40 nights, it rained, if you read the story of Noah. 40 days and 40 nights, isn't that interesting? So uh, Moses, 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai. Again, there's, there's that 40 again. The spies that were sent out, Joshua and Caleb were two of those, and we're going to we're going to get some of Joshua's story this morning. They were two of those spies, and they went and searched the, searched the new land, the promised land, for 40 days. It continues. Do you know Goliath taunted Israel for 40 days? 40 days is how, how often he came out every morning until David went and said, what's going on here? Why do you let him do that? And they all looked at him and said, David, be quiet, okay? You don't want to mess with that guy. And David saw things so differently than everybody else. But that was 40 days. Jesus fasted for 40 days. 40 days. There are 40 days between the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension back into heaven. It just keeps Showing up over and over again. Now, I want you to understand, it's not a magic number. Now you get to 40 and, oh, wow, God fixed everything in 40 days, right? Just this 40 period. It's not that we think it's a magic number. It's that a time period that God could use if we would just submit that to him and give that to him and ask him to work in our lives 
for that time. So here is, if you want to know in the Jewish world, the Old Testament world, the Jewish world, what they think of 40, the number 40, now just see if this, you need this. Because I read this, and the reason I'm sharing it with you is because I'm like, wow, I like this. I need this. The number 40, so it's not just a magic number. It represents something. It represents transition or change, right? We love that word, change. I just made your day talking about change. But a change sometimes is really hard, right? But that's what it represents. The concept of renewal, and that's what we want. We want God to work. We want God to do something new, a new beginning, the number 40 has the power to lift a spiritual state. This is how they looked at it throughout the Jewish history. They looked at this number 40 and they saw that if you give 40 days, there's something that God would like to do. It's not a magic number. It's just a time period that shows up over and over again. And we want God to do that same thing, don't we? We want him renew. We want him to to give us a new beginning. We want to start afresh. You want to start connecting with God as uh, better than you ever have. That's the why. That's the why. All we're using is a tool that I'm hoping is going to help us for these 40 days to do just that. But ultimately, I want you to connect better with God. I want to connect better with God. Yeah, but you're a pastor. Don't you do that all the time? Yeah, you all, you know. Uh, we all struggle. We all have our th- times where we don't and we struggle and we all need a set period where we're going to ask God to do something in our lives. So I hope you have a book. I hope you're going to follow along in the questions. Uh, Again, we're sending them out on email and through a Facebook group as well. Uh, They went out this morning. Today's day one. And maybe you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I already missed day one. No, you didn't. Okay. It is only morning. You got a lot more of the day to do. And come on, do you really want to be outside freezing with all this snow? Okay. So get the book, get the questions, curl up and enjoy what God wants to do in your life. So for most of this journey on Sundays, we're going to look at some part of the life of Joshua and Joshua as he's leading the people into the new land, because there's just lots of things that start with prayer in the book of Joshua. And good and bad, you're going to see that, good and bad. It's like really good, and then there's like really bad because they didn't pray. And I'm hoping it will encourage us that God wants to work in our lives. Okay, so here's the first six verses. After Moses, the Lord's servant, died, the Lord said to Joshua, don't pass that by really quick. What do you think this is? The Lord said to Joshua. Could this be Joshua was in prayer? You know, we just breeze by words. I, I stopped the other day when I read that. I'm like, oh, yeah. What was he probably doing? He was probably set alone, okay? Not sure where Moses was. Moses went off to Mount Nebo, and that's where he died. Uh, and he had no idea what was going on. So maybe he was seeking God. God, what do you want me to do? What's next? Where's Moses? And so he comes and he speaks to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. But this is not the end of the story, Joshua. Now I am going to use you. Get ready. Just simply get ready because something's going to happen. Cross the Jordan River. Lead these people into the land that I am ready to hand over to them. Get ready. Isn't this what this is all about? Day one. Get ready. 
What, what does God want to do? Where does God want to lead us? Where does God want to take us? What does God want to hand over to us and give us for these 40 days? I am handing over to you every place you set foot as I promised Moses. Now, this is a big, a big word coming up here that we're going to focus on, this word promised. Your territory, and just talking about how far this is going to go, your territory will extend from the desert in the south to Lebanon in the north. Uh, it will extend all the way to the Great River of Euphrates in the east, including all of Syria and all the way to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one, no one will be able to resist you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not abandon you or leave you. These are important things that God is saying to him because ultimately what God is doing is he reaffirmed, hey, I made some promises to Moses and those promises, Joshua, are good for you as well. You don't get left out because you're not Moses, okay? I have promises for you as well. Everything that I promised him, I'm going to do in you. And now here's these other promises I want you to know. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you. Let me tell you, this is really important because we don't get far in Joshua. And you know what Joshua thinks? God left me, right? God left us. God stopped leading us. God stopped moving ahead of us. God stopped doing what? he was going to do. He thought that instantly and he forgot this promise already. And I don't know about you, but I forget the promises of God quite often. And I need to be reminded of those promises. Be strong and brave. You must lead these people in the conquest of this land that I solemnly, here's our word again, promised their ancestors that I would hand over to them. The promises of God energize prayer. The promises of God energize our prayer. We come to God knowing that God has made promises. And if we would start with that, I want you to understand what Paul writes. For all of God's promises, that's a big word, that's all of them, have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, with a resounding amen. Everything that God has promised, he has accomplished, he has done, and we have all these promises available to us. So thinking of that, I want you to think with me for a moment. Well, what did God promise Joshua? Joshua, you're in charge, but I'm not, I'm not leaving you. I'm not abandoning you. I'm going to go everywhere, everywhere you set your foot. That is, that is land that I am giving to you. But I'm going to go with you. I'm not going to abandon you. Now, I think, personally, Joshua was probably a little nervous. Now, let me tell you why. Joshua uh, grew up on this journey. He grew up on this journey, watching what took place. Ultimately, he is 40 years old when he goes out as a spy, comes back, gives a great report, and all the people, you know, complain. Ten, ten were bad, two were, right? two were good. And I'm wondering if Joshua was a little nervous. You know what he's watched? He's watched a lot of complaining people. Yes, some of those people have died as well, but he's watched a lot of complaining. He's watched a lot of grumbling. And maybe when God says, Joshua, you're in charge now, he's like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to do this. Okay, I don't know if I want this. Uh, God, can you do something with these people? They're awfully complaining, right? Uh, they're awful whiny at times. I don't know how I'm going to do this. So I think this is why God comes and reaffirms all these promises. First, the ones that Moses 
were given to Moses. And he said, I'm just going to reiterate these. Everything that, that I promised Moses, I'm going to do for you. And then he just reiterates some things. Hey, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. I know it's going to get hard. And you're going to have to deal with some complaining, probably some grumbling, some whining. It's okay. I'm going to be with you through all of it. What an incredible thing. He just comes and he gives promises to Joshua to help him for this journey and what's going to happen and what God wants to do in him and ultimately through him. So now I have a question for you. What has God promised you? What has God promised you? And sometimes we don't know. You know why? Because you have to, you have to open um, a book called the Bible. Maybe, maybe you have an app as well. Okay, however, however you do that, this is why we tell you how important it is to get Scripture into your life. Because you don't know what God's promised you. If you haven't opened it, you don't know what God's promised you. You don't have to go very far. You just go to Genesis chapter 3 and you find what happened when somebody doesn't know what God said. And it goes bad. It just goes bad right at the beginning. And some of us, if we're honest, we don't know what God's promised us. We don't know the promises that we have. We don't know what Paul means by all the promises of God are fulfilled in Christ. We don't know sometimes the text. One of the things you need to know that, was, that I wish we could kind of return to, do you realize in Jesus' day that so many people were working from the text because they all had to memorize it? They didn't have apps. They, did, they, didn't have, they didn't have written scripture, right? They didn't have all of these in their house. They didn't have an app. They could just pull it up. Oh, what was that word? Okay. Uh, they didn't have a, a, an incredible resource called Bible Gateway where you can search anything you want. They had none of that. They had to memorize it all. And then on top of memorizing it all, they had to pull back from their memory different pieces and parts. They had to memorize it all. You know why? Because they needed to know what God had promised them. They needed to know what God was doing, what God had promised them. If you're not in Scripture, you're not going to know what God has promised you. You're not going to know the promises that you have in him. You're not going to know the things that he has promised you. You're not going to know that those same promises are for us. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not just going to leave you and say, good luck, figure it out yourself. And there's all these promises that most of us, if we'd be honest, we probably don't know what they are because we're not reading, we're not looking, we're not studying, we're not asking God to show us what those promises are. Persistent prayer is the second one that I want to talk about today. There's promises of prayer. This is what energizes prayer when we know what God has promised us and we go and take those into prayer. The second one is persistent prayer shows our desire to see God work. Persistent prayer. Do you know what that means? Praying for the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, I could just annoy everybody this morning, right? I'm just talking about you're doing it. It's persistent. It's over and over again. And if you've never had somebody in your life who've demonstrated that to you, then you've just you've missed out on what that looks like. That means sometimes you pray for people for 40 years. That, that's what that means. Sometimes you pray for people longer. Sometimes it's less than that. Uh, both both um, my wife and myself had uh, grandmothers who prayed for them. We did. And, and, and you don't understand how 
how we understand how much of a blessing that was. Okay, we get we we kind of get that. Okay, we kind of get that. We didn't get that was a big deal. That was a big deal, and, and it was both. And they both prayed for very similar things for us. They both prayed for us. They both prayed for similar things. They both. It was just it, it was very interesting. We started talking about this, and I got to know her grandma and. And that this is a woman who prayed all the time and, and just like, oh, my goodness. They prayed for some of the same things. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? And let me tell you, she prayed for things over and over and over again. There's, some, there's something to persistence in prayer that we continue to pray and ask God to work in those same areas. So what I want you to see very quickly is that the ups and downs in Joshua are directly related to prayer. And if you've not read through the story, uh, it doesn't take long. They defeat Jericho, and it's awesome, right? And they're having a party, and they're celebrating, and they kind of look over, and the next, the next town, and you can either pronounce it A or AI, uh, is over there. It's a lot smaller. It's got a lot fewer people. And you know what they do? He's wiped out this city. Let's go take it. And they get defeated. Do you know why? And, and the first thing they do when they get defeated is Joshua comes, God, this isn't right. What did we do? You left us. And, Josh, and God's like, what are you talking about? Okay. And there's something that had to be corrected. But nobody ever prayed. Nobody ever prayed. Nobody ever stopped and said, maybe we should ask God to give us this victory over here. And says, saying, oh, this is a piece of cake. This is a wimpy little town, and we're going to kick it over, okay? And nobody did that, and they lost. And then they had to go back to God, and then they had to deal with some things. And then they moved forward and had a great victory. And it wasn't too long after that that, again, they're sailing high, and everything's going good, that a nation nearby decided, Man, we're going to get wiped down unless we do something. And so they showed up, and they put on a total show. Man, they wore bad clothes. They got, they got food that was moldy. And they kind of showed up, and they said, we've been traveling for a long, long time. You can't wipe us out. Make a treaty with us. And again, nobody asked God. They looked and said, yeah. I mean, look at that. Their clothes are, you know, their clothes are worn. Their food is moldy. They've got to be telling us the truth. And so they make a treaty. And you know what they find out? They're like two towns over. I mean, it is just like they just got totally fooled. And why did they get totally fooled? Nobody ever stopped. Nobody ever stopped. Nobody ever thought, we should ask God about this. This, this might be something important to seek God's opinion and his insight and his wisdom on. And I don't know about you, but I, I see those same up and downs. Praying for the same thing over and over again is not easy. It's not easy being persistent. It's not easy asking God to do the same thing. And some of you are thinking, 40 days? Oh, no, this, this, this is going to be a challenge. Yes, it is. But it's going to be really good. And I think you will watch the way that God really works in your life. Here's how Jesus put it. And this is really the proper translation where, where, we, where we, just, we just put it in, in like a, like a one-time thing. Okay, it's keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened unto you. We can translate that, you know, that just, you know, seek, you know, ask, seek and, and, and keep. Keep on, but it's keep on, keep going. 
Don't stop. Don't do it once. Keep doing it over and over and over and over again. So can I ask you, who or what have you given up on? You just kind of rid them off. Yeah, I prayed long enough. I prayed a week. I played three days, you know, uh, maybe a year. I, I, I just, I just, I want to know what you've given up on. And it might be a what. It might be something you, you thought maybe God had in store for you. Maybe a career change. Maybe a job change. Maybe a new ministry opportunity. Whatever it was, what have you given up on? Is the first question I would ask you. The second one is harder. Who have you given up on? Because you know what? God doesn't give up on any of us, and I am so glad. But boy, I tend to. I tend to give up. I tend to look and say, okay, God, you know, I tried. I tried for a week. I can't do it anymore. Good luck. Do something with them, right? Instead of praying for them over and over and over again. All the parents in the room, have you given up praying for your kids? Have you just given up on that? I just, I, I can't anymore. Have you? Have you? Have you given up praying for, for that friend, that neighbor who you know needs to welcome Christ into their lives, who needs to start following Jesus? Have you given up on them thinking, oh, they'll never change, they'll never be different, they'll never, they'll never be, they'll just always going to be the same way. Have you given up on them? Who have you given up on? What have you given up on? That God wants to call you back to praying for that over and over and over again for these next 40 days. So if I can wrap up this morning, here's what I want to do. I want to help us get the most out of these 40 days because you can do it and you could sit there and you could just kind of breeze through. Okay. These are not long reads. Okay. You could just kind of fight your way through it and oh, read it really quick. Uh, you know, can, can I get an electronic version and I can swipe it real fast, right? Uh, you can do it that way. But I want to help you get the most out of it. And some of this has been advice from other people who have done this and have gotten some success out of it because of the things they have done. So everything I offer today, a lot of it isn't firsthand because I'm starting this journey like everybody else in the room and watching online. I'm just like you. And I'm trying to figure this out. And so I've heard from people who've done things like this. And here's what they recommend. Ready for this? Here we go. Find a time, find a place. Find a time and find a place. The most consistent people I know who are prayers as well as scripture readers, they all have a time and they all have a place. I'm just amazed. Like, really? That sounds so easy, doesn't it? Okay. They have a time and and they have a place. Now, some of you, that's going to be morning. And some of you are like, this is, right now, this is too morning for me, okay? And it needs to be later in the day because you'll start praying and you'll be asleep again. And right, right what, what, what's that going to do? So, and that's going to be unique. Find a time, find a place. I guarantee you the place probably isn't in front of the TV with Netflix going. I'm just, I'm just going to guess, okay? I'm just going to guess on that. It's probably not if you have young kids and your home is really loud and noisy, it's not going to be in the middle of that, okay? Just, just, again, guessing on some of this. Find a time, find a place, and keep that consistent for 40 days, okay? 
Just keep that consistent over and over again. Hey, it's 7 in the morning. It's 8 at night. It's this. It's that. Here's my time. Here's my place. Wherever that is, wherever that works best for you, find those two things. Get a journal. I was, I, I was blessed to get one for uh, Christmas. So get a journal. Get a notebook. Okay? And write down your prayers. And let me give you a moment to, uh, I'm going to give you a little list here in a moment um, that, I will, that I've also shared on um, our Facebook and, and email uh, this morning. Okay? So get a journal and write down your prayers and God's answers. There's also questions every day. You might find it good to write those out, write answers to them. That might be helpful for you as well. So journal, notebook, something to be able to write this down because you want to get the most out of this. Here you go. Well, what should I pray for for 40 days, right? Here we go. What do you want God to do in, and here's your list. What do you want God to do in you? What do you want God to do in you? And you pray that way for 40 days. And maybe you started the new year with a new challenge and you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to exercise more. And if you're trying to exercise more, just go out and move snow. Uh, because I need a shirt that says my Fitbit loves the snow more than I do. Because it just tell me I was rocking it yesterday, okay? Uh, so I understand that. So what was, what was your goal for the year? What were some of the things you set in place? And maybe you would look and say, okay, God, uh, I, I need you to help me. I need you to help me on this journey. I need you to help me. Uh, maybe you've recognized, you know, i, I got to do something because I, I get very impatient with my kids. Uh, I need help with this. Whatever it is, what do you want God to do in you for these 40 days? There's your first one. The second one, what do you want God to do in your family? What do you want God to do in your family? This means, kids, you get to play for your parents, okay? You just get to pray for them. However you want to pray for them, uh, go for it. However you want to pray for them, pray for them. Parents, you get to pray for your kids. You get to pray for your grandkids. You get to pray for all sorts of people in your family. But what do you want God to do in your family for these 40 days? The next one, what do you want God to do at your work or slash your school? For all the students in the room, for all the students watching, what do you want God to do in your school? There's a great question. That would be an awesome thing to pray about for 40 days. What do you want God to do there? How do you want God to work there? And, and how do you want to approach going to school and be a part of it? Work. Really, I should pray for my work? Yeah, you should pray for your work. Everybody should pray for their work. Okay? And, and that includes the pastor who gets to pray for all of you. We should be praying for our work. That as we go and as we approach, what kind of attitude are we showing up with? Uh, where, where are we struggling at work? Where do we just want God to give us an, a new position somewhere else? All right. List those things out and ask God to work. And I think you would be surprised at what God does for these 40 days in all those different areas. And then what do you want God to do in our church? What do you want God to do in our church for these 40 days? What is it you want God to do here? What do you think we are lacking here? What do you think God could do some great work here? And you would just pray those. And so you just want to list these out. That's all you're going to do. You're going to list these out, 
and you're going to just, that's, that's going to be part of what you're going to do every 40 days. You're going to read your chapter and do your questions, but you're going to also spend some time praying through. God, this is what I want you to do in me. This is what I want you to do in my family. This is what I want you to do in my work or my school. This is what I want you to do in our church. Start there and feel free to add to it as much as you want. But sometimes we just need some guidelines to know what to go with. And this is a great list to get started with and to start praying for. And then, may I encourage you one other thing that, that sometimes helps. Share with someone else what you are praying for and how God is working in your life. Share that with somebody else. Hey, here's, here's what I'm praying for. Just, just, just share that with somebody else. If you need somebody to share that with, so last Sunday as we ended, uh, our prayer team leader, uh, Kim White, was up here praying for uh, Sharon, and I'll give you an update at the end this morning. And so if you want someone to share it with, share it with Kim. Kim would love to see the things that you are praying for for these 40 days. Kim, raise your hand so everybody knows. She's right down here. And if you're online, you can, you know, uh, I'll give you her email, and you can just send it away right and ask her to uh pray for pray for the things that you're praying for just share that but share that with somebody else get that outside of your realm and share it with somebody else that these are the things you are praying for because sometimes you know what happens when you share that with someone else they might come back to you later and go hey what's happening with that and perhaps you get to say oh you know what god did there it was awesome it was incredible what he did he worked in ways i never imagined that he would. Ultimately, I want us to expect God to do some amazing things in these next 40 days. I want us to go into that expecting that, expecting him to work in our lives, expecting him to work in our families, expecting him to work in our workplace, in our school, expecting him to work in our church. Just expecting, hey, God's going to show up and God's going to work and I am going to be ready for that. So make sure you have your book. Make sure you're part of our, our church group on Facebook, and it's just Thrive Church Group. Send us a request. We'll join that to you. If you need to, send us an email at hello at thriveinianola.com. And those are going out. And, and, and by the way, they will go out the night before because I found out I got some really early people. God bless you, but I'm not sending out emails at 4 in the morning, okay? I'm having my quiet time in bed, so, uh, you know. For the rest of you, you are awesome and you are incredible, and so I will send those out the night before so that you have access to those and you are ready for those of you who are early risers and ready to go and ready to dive in. That is awesome. But get the questions. Make sure you have a book. Grab a notebook. And let's just expect God to do something great in us, in our church, and in so many different places for these next 40 days. So let me pray for us, and we're going to end worshiping God uh, one more time this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I, I so pray for these next 40 days. They could be really, really powerful. They could be days that totally change the trajectory of our lives. They could totally change everything 
about what you want to do in and through us. And I would just ask and pray that we would have that type of expectation that you would work. We would expect you to do that. Father, that means a commitment, a time, a place. And it's not that we don't have the time. We just need to set it aside. We need to set it apart and commit it to you. Whatever that is, please, Father, help us not to compare with somebody uh, who, who is an early riser and say, uh, well, I, I guess I'm a failure. Nope. Nope. Whatever time of day is best for us. We ask that that would be the time you would help us find a place and we would be connected to you. And we would see the difference that makes in these 40 days. We ask you to work in a powerful way. We ask that you would help us come with great expectations that you want to do something great. Help us to list out our needs and help us to expect you to show up and do something great. And Father, as we finish here this morning, we stand and we worship you one more time. We thank you for all that you are doing and for all that you have done and for what you will continue to do. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.